Welcome to The Extra, the show that connects you with the issues, topics, and people that are important to you, and sometimes the events. And that's what we're going to be talking about today. Uh, You may not have realized this, but apparently Colorado Springs has a history with the uh, royal game of polo, <laughs> the game of kings. So today we're going to be talking about that. Joining us on the KRDO Newsline, the president and CEO of Visit Colorado Springs, Doug Price is joining us. Good morning, Doug. Good morning, Shannon. And we also have on the line Lauren DeMarco, marketing manager at the Colorado Springs Sports Corps. And Lauren, welcome to the show. Yes, welcome. Good morning. And Lauren, you're going to be filling us in on the upcoming Broadmoor Winter Polo Classic. So tell us, uh, what should we know about polo in this area? Yeah, absolutely. So as you kind of hinted on, there definitely is some deep history in Colorado Springs. The U.S. Polo Association was organized in 1890, and the first polo match in the Pikes Peak region was actually played at Cheyenne Mountain Country Club, which is still around today. Many people are familiar with it. Wait wait a minute, um, wait a minute. 1890? <laughs> so not even in the last century, another century behind? Wow, that's a long history. Yep. Yes, yeah. And um, again, while there was a lot of people to kind of credit for bringing polo to Colorado Springs, our very own Spencer Penrose kind of spearheaded it, if you will, and installed a bunch of polo fields, barns, and had hundreds of horses over at the Broadmoor. All right. So, of course, Spencer Penrose being responsible for so much around uh, Colorado Springs and southern Colorado. And uh, this is just another thing that he uh, can be credited with uh, if if it was just uh, probably a a community effort, too, at a certain level. Hey, Doug, what happened next? What happened then? Well, you know, the our city and the Broadmoor really did blossom into a, uh, a, a premier polo location. And it was really kind of started by people back east who came out west and brought their enthusiasm for horseback riding and jumping. And, uh, you know, it's almost impossible to have a conversation about Spencer Penrose without bringing up General Palmer. I mean, the two of them in our history are so intertwined. And so we do know that General Palmer was a, a, a horse enthusiast, which at the corner, at the intersection of Nevada and Platte, we all go by that statue. But here's a little something for you, for your listeners that they may not know that about that statue and the horse in particular. The horse's name is Diablo. And what, what we know about horse statues is if the horse is rearing with both its front legs up in the air, the rider died in battle. One front leg up means the rider was wounded in battle. And if all four hooves are on the ground, the rider died outside of battle. And so the statue of General Palmer, which went up in 1929, uh, shows Diablo has all four legs on the ground, which is, in fact, you know, true that General Palmer did die outside of battle. 
How's that for a little trivia? <laughs> I, I did not know that. I'm going to be looking yep. at uh, statues of uh, mounted horsemen and women in a much different light from now on. And uh, when it comes to people who go on horseback, I mean, it, it, polo is uh, has such a rarefied, I guess, reputation. How did it develop that, it, Lauren, across the country and then here in Southern Colorado? Yeah, for sure. As Doug kind of hinted on, you know, it's definitely that elevated sport, Um, you know, and in the 1920s, we saw outdoor sports, uh, especially in Colorado, kind of blossoming. And it was definitely popularized by movie stars and people who were kind of vacationing and coming through here and by the efforts of the Colorado Mountain Club. And so tourists took pleasures in trail riding, picnics. I mean, as we still see today, Colorado is absolutely super scenic. You're going to want to be outside all the time. And um, it definitely took a little decline, I will say, during the 30s due to the Great Depression after World War II and the horse stock was kind of depleted to the war. But then in 1960s, it kind of saw uh, coming to life and a revival. And um, with that, too, again, touching back to kind of Spencer Penrose being that key figure, I mentioned hundreds of, horse, hundreds of horses. He had more than 400 horses. And are we shocked? No. <laughs> But again, um, with that, he created tons of stables. Um, guests brought their own ponies. He installed four 900 by 1800 foot polo fields, which I mean is insane, four of them, no less. And again, brought people from all over the country, especially you know the Rockies and Colorado itself to come and play. And it was kind of like this gentleman's polo team um, and even went back east to compete against other people as well. So it's kind of been this back and forth, but again, deep-rooted history here in our own backyard at the Broadmoor with Spencer Penrose, kind of building this all up. And then as we see here today, you know, kind of trying to bring it back to life. Yeah, I, and and researching some of this online, I mean, uh, famous actors were also, uh, not all of them, but uh, some of them really took up the sport. Joan Crawford, Ginger Rogers, Walt Disney, and Will Rogers. So uh, I'm, I'm sure back then, as it is now, if it was good enough for the Hollywood folks, you know, it's good enough for, for us, right? Or at least we Absolutely. like to think <laughs> like to think so. Yeah. <laughs> so, so then, Doug, uh, as... As Colorado's reputation, especially Southern Colorado's reputation for outdoor sports took hold, uh, how did that play into the whole polo scene? Well, I think, you know, we, we are so fortunate to have outdoor recreation as part of our of our the DNA of our destination. And so this is it's not a surprise that back in the day uh, that polo would have been a popular uh, sport and, and it just kind of go along goes along with what Spencer Penrose sought to attract visitors to his hotel and to come to this area. You know, the, the Pikes Peak Hill Climb and, and other events like that and the zoo are things that, that Spencer Penrose is credited for. I think the polo piece is a little less known and it's wonderful that it's getting, uh, you know, it's getting a revival, if you will. And, you know, Lauren touched on the fact that it, it did lose some, some popularity during the Depression, uh, but now, you know, it's, it, it's just going to be fun for us to, to, you know, in the next segment to talk a little bit about what is, 
what's going to happen here in a few weeks. Yeah, yeah, we we gave you the history, we gave our listeners the history, and next we're going to talk about the details of the upcoming event that involves polo, the sport of kings. <laughs> that when the extra continues and our guest Doug and Lauren keep on listening to KRDO News Radio. We're back with the extra and the build up to the Broadmoor Winter Polo Classic. And joining us, we're so pleased to have with us Lauren DeMarco, who's marketing manager at the Colorado Springs Sports Corps, as well as Doug Price, president and CEO of Visit Colorado Springs. So, Lauren, uh, we need those details because I've always thought that this would be fun to see in person, just like, you know, Pretty Woman in that movie, right? Yeah. Exactly. That's everybody's first thought. (laughs) Um, Yeah. So again, this was our second annual event. Last year was our inaugural. We kicked it off. So again, the Broadmoor Winter Polo Classic will take place Saturday, February 24th, and it will be at the Norris Penrose Event Center. So again, local right off 8th Street in our backyard. Uh, Tickets are starting at $35 um, for general admission. And you can buy tickets day of as well. The prices will increase about $10. And then we have priority reserved seating. There's some VIP packages um, where you can kind of view the the match from the Heritage Room at the Norris Penrose Event Center, where you'll get a private bar access, um, appetizers, elevated catering. We have Summit Catering coming back again this year. Um, So it's going to be a really good time, and we're really excited. And if you want to look at the breakdown of the tickets, or what you get with them, uh, everything is on the website at winterpoloclassic.org. Winterpoloclassic.org. We'll get that link up on our podcast page as well for those who are listening and may not be able to jot it down. Uh, Doug, uh, so this is something that uh, we're not really dealing with the weather because to have a polo match in winter, you are rolling the dice, right? (laughs) You know, Shannon, I've been thinking about it. The last Three Saturdays we've had snow, so we'll we'll just mm. we'll have to see how this is all going to play out. <laughs> the the match the match does start at two thirty on February twenty fourth, and they're advertising it as rain, snow, or shine. So I think we in Colorado we're tough. We know how to prepare, and we we all dress in layers pretty much year round. So in February, for sure, people will will just need to layer up. What is going to be one of the cool things on why people will want to come early uh, from a you know and bring the family is there's going to be an athlete meet and greet from 1:30 to 2:30. So so your kids and and adults can get a chance to to come and and meet some of these athletes and get some autographs and and talk a little bit about what they're about to see. Right, right. And and it's uh, men and women who are these polo athletes, uh, polo, right, do they call them riders or jockeys? I don't know what they would call them, Lauren. I would say athletes is Athlete. probably a safe term. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and then, and did, was I correct in thinking that this sold out last year? I mean, it was so popular. Yeah, we definitely, so this is my actually first event working with Sports Corp. I joined in May, so I actually didn't get the experience last year. So I'm super excited for this year. But yeah, we hit over a thousand people last year that came out for polo. Again, it was that inaugural year. So we're hoping to hit that, if not do more. So again, definitely head to the website to get your tickets if you are interested and you haven't got them. 
Um, and again, in addition to the match itself, we're going to have vendors. We're partnering up with Distillery 291. They'll be here again this year. We're going to have a custom hat bar, which I'm so excited for, where they have the branding and the feathers and the charms, and you can kind of just customize that. We're going to have some hair tinsel. And I think probably my most favorite vendor that will be there are Girl Scouts. Oh, <laughs> With the we cookies, oh. Local, yes, we have a local troop coming to sell cookies. So definitely, I was out the other day and I saw them. I was like, no, I need to hold out. I need to hold out. Um, <laughs> so again, local troop, 44179 will be there. So again, to support local will be amazing. Get those Girl Scout cookies and stock up. And then again, as I mentioned, we're working with Distillery 291. If you get those uh, elevated seats, they're having event signature cocktails, which we're super excited about. And then they are also new this year are going to be hosting an after party at their location. Um, so after the match around five o'clock, you can drive over. Um, transportation is not included, but everyone, players, uh, will head over to Distillery 291 and kind of just keep the party going, if you will. Oh, that's fun. That's fun. And maybe talk a little bit more yeah. polo with, uh, you know, some of the people who may know more about it. I, I feel like I need yeah. to do a polo 101 uh, class uh, right. to learn a little <laughs> bit about it. Yeah. And, right. and Doug, it's not just that you could learn about it and enjoy it at the match itself, or even at the after party, you could make a whole weekend of it. Well, you know, Shannon, since this Wednesday is Valentine's Day, I was thinking about it, that if, if, if listeners have not bought something special yet for their Valentine, this is the perfect chance to uh, spend, do an escape weekend of a staycation at the Broadmoor, which is offering the winter polo package for Friday and Saturday night. It's a two-night that includes a VIP reception on Friday night, reserve box seating uh, with VIP access up in that heritage room, as well as transportation from the hotel to and from the North Penrose Center. So for anybody who's listening who's from out of town, uh, it's the perfect place to stay. And clearly, for those of us who might be looking to, to do something special at a time of year when uh, the, the packages are a little more uh, in affordable than they are in the summer, it's a great time to do a staycation. Oh, you bet. You bet. Uh, well, I'm getting uh, really psyched up about this. And uh, for others who are, uh, we are going to be hearing coming up from a polo athlete uh, who will be telling us maybe some of the intricacies of the game, maybe explaining the basics, the 101 as we were talking about. That's when the extra continues. Our guests, Doug and Lauren, are going to stick around as well. Uh, we're getting excited about this big event that is uh, bringing a, a new wrinkle to all the offerings that Southern Colorado has when it comes to fun things to do in the wintertime. I mean, who would have thought polo? So, uh, but, you know, after one successful year uh, back at it, we're going to be doing it again. So we'll keep talking some polo when the extra continues. We're back with the extra and our talk today is focused on the upcoming Broadmoor Polo Classic. It's going to be, it's Winter Polo Classic, I should say. It's going to be on February 24th being held at the Norris Penrose Event Center. And we were talking about how you can get those tickets. Uh, you can uh, go uh, to their website. And once again, let's have Lauren DeMarco tell us what that website is again. 
Yeah, it is winterpoloclassic.org. Fantastic. So before the break, we were talking about how some people, myself included, probably don't know a lot about polo. It's uh, one of those sports where it kind of looks like it might imitate in a way hockey or lacrosse. Uh, but if you want to find out more, we have just the person to explain it all to us. A subject matter expert, a polo athlete, Nicholas Francoeur is joining us on the KRDO newsline right now. Nicholas, welcome to the show. Hi, Shannon. Thank you so much. Good to be here. Good to have you. So how did you get involved in this sport, which some might think is a little obscure? Yeah, absolutely. I uh, had been playing rugby at the Air Force Academy. And uh, after uh, deciding to transition away from that for various reasons. I, I took up equestrian sports down at uh, the Air Force Academy's equestrian barn. And uh, soon after doing some, uh, some show riding, decided that I wanted something that emulated a, a more intense sport just a, just a little bit. And uh, that's how I found polo right here in the Colorado Springs community. So, so is it a team sport or is it an individual sport? I mean, how does this work? Yes, it's, I've always been a team sport sort of person. And so finding polo, which is a team sport, uh, four people typically on, on each team when you're playing on grass or three people when you're playing on, in, in an arena like we are on the 24th. Uh, it, it's a team sport and it, it allows you to have that coordination, not only with the horse, uh, but that uh, leadership and sportsmanship with the other athletes on the field. We heard how uh, Spencer Penrose had all those horses, and that was, uh, you know, obviously a, a big reason to do polo when you have that many horses. Do you have to have a lot of your own horses to do this sport? You know, you don't have to have a lot of your own horses to do it, uh, but somebody has to have a lot of horses. <laughs> and take <laughs> so care just, of them all. Finding, yeah, so finding the right community to... Uh, work with to get involved is is really important. And, and you yourself have a ranch, right? Uh, I I don't yet have a, a ranch in uh, in actuality, uh, other than a, a brand uh, right now. So maybe that will be fulfilled in the future here shortly. But but for now, it's it's just a brand. Okay. And, and Lauren, uh, let's bring you in. I, I mean, y you've seen the athletes. Well, actually, you were saying this is your first year, so you haven't. But a lot yeah. of the people in Colorado Springs have seen these athletes in action. What is it about, uh, you know, seeing athletes that work, have to work together with an animal, a trained animal, but still it's an, it's an animal, right? Yeah, no, absolutely. I think Nicholas really touched on it, that community aspect. Uh, last year and this year, again, we'll be borrowing the horses, if you will, from uh, Colorado State University. They have a polo team. Oh, and okay. so we kind of get the horses from them and our players who come from all over the country will come and ride the horses. They're thoroughbred and they're pretty much trained to do polo. You know, this is what they do all the time with the polo team at CSU. And so it's a perfect fit for our athletes to come in and get to ride them. And, you know, Nicholas kind of spoke to it and 
from a non-athlete standpoint, is I'm really excited to see it. I think meshing the two together, you know, one thing is riding a horse, another is trying to score goals with the ball and mallet. <laughs> so it's definitely going to be really exciting to watch. Yeah, those mallets are really long, and, and I, I think they would be tough to to swing and to aim. Nicholas, I mean, what is it like for, for you uh, with the sport? I mean, what aspects of the sport do you find challenging? And, and what is it like using a horse that's not, you know, maybe one year familiar with yes absolutely after getting into uh, riding horses uh, myself later in life than than a, a lot of people in the community do uh, I found that you know there's a lot of different aspects about this that are challenging whether it's riding the horse or swinging the mallet uh, or understanding the rules of the game at, at times from an athlete's point of view that there's there's some nuance in, in different areas uh, but it's all very rewarding and exhilarating. And that, that was what really just captured my attention and really uh, drew me into the sport because, uh, yes, you are hitting a ball with a 53-inch uh, pole uh, from a 35-mile-per-hour moving animal that has its own mind and, and ideas of what it wants to do. So there's definitely some, some challenge to it. Uh, but once that's all put together – you really feel this unparalleled connection with this animal. Uh, you have great respect for the animal. You get to do this outdoors, which Colorado Springs, I mean, talk about a great place to be outdoors. And then you're doing all of this uh, at, a, at a high speed. It's all very exciting. Now, it, it, do you, are, are, I mean, it, does anyone ever fall from the horse dur- during this? Or is it, it pretty much everyone stays seated on the horse and it's all about, did you whiff on the ball? <laughs> you know, there's absolutely never any intention to cause somebody to fall. Uh, but just like any sport, there are inherent risks. And so we take every precaution possible, including at, with the Broadmoor, uh, to make sure that our athletes and both horses and people uh, are well taken care of. If that means abiding by the rules of the game and, and having good umpires there to make sure everything's played safely or using the right equipment for the horses and the players, we're striving to do that in every area to make sure everyone's safe. Now, this will be played in an arena, and usually, well, I mean, I'm thinking the pretty woman scene, right? That's how I associate. <laughs> uh, so yeah. I, in that, they were playing on grass. Is there a difference in the two surfaces, and what do you prefer? You know, um, I think every polo athlete would tell you that they love grass, but there is just something that is unparalleled to the the visceral aspects of playing in the arena. Uh, you can really bring the fans into the game, unlike you can on grass, where they're right. they're right on top of the action. You can feel the dirt flying up. You can uh, see the game a lot closer because the field is much smaller than than a regular sized uh, regulation polo field so it just there's a there's a different aspect of it that i think from a spectator point of view makes the game more exciting in the arena whereas if you're on the grass it might just be a little bit more exciting for the player Fantastic. Well, um, we we need to take a short break. Nicholas Francoeur, a polo athlete, joining us for this part of the discussion, giving us a little bit of Polo 101. Uh, Nicholas, before we go to break, uh, we do have to take a break. Why don't you tell us, I mean, what should people be looking for? How long is this played and, and, and what should we be cheering? Well, uh, 
you know, playing in it myself, I can't say that I'm not biased. I, I do think that people should be cheering for, for Penrose uh, <laughs> versus the other team. You know, we need a win this year. Uh, but, uh, you know, I, I think that uh, the, the game is just about four, seven and a half minute periods. We call them chuckers. And it will be uh, just a really exciting time where everyone can can be involved, including people from the crowd will be involved in the throwing in of the ball and the actual gameplay. Okay, and and you can cheer like politely clapping, or you can do maybe a pretty woman. Woo woo woo! I I'll do the latter. So, all right. Well, we need to take (laughs) we need to take a break here. Our guest Nicholas Francoeur, one of the polo athletes who will be taking uh, to the field or the arena uh, for the upcoming Broadmoor Winter Polo Classic. Thank you for joining us here on the Extra, Nicholas. Thank you, Shannon. And when we come back, more from Lauren and Doug as we continue to talk polo. We're back with our final uh, segment of the day here on the Extra Show. We've been talking all about the Broadmoor Winter Polo Classic set for its second year on February 24th. Tickets are really reasonable, $35 to get in general admission if you buy uh, up until the day of, and then they do jump a little bit in price. That's pretty typical. And our guest today, Lauren DeMarco and Doug Price, telling us more about it. And Lauren, it's not not just this uh, event that the sports core is behind. Tell us about some of the other activities coming up in Southern Colorado. Yeah, absolutely. We have a packed schedule this year and we could not be more excited to start things off with the Broadmoor Winter Polo Classic. And we have a nice little break and we jump back into things in May with our uh, sports core golf tournament. Beginning of June, we have the Pikes Peak Apex, which is a mountain bike race. You can ride either three days, or just one day if you want, and that's through um, the trails again in our own backyard. We have the Star Spangled Symphony and Fourth of July fireworks, Rocky Mountain State Games. Uh, another really exciting one that doesn't happen everywhere every year is the Downtown Summerfest that we are partnering with the U.S. Olympic and Paralympic Museum. So that will be Saturday, July 27th. And again, it's in conjunction with the Paris Olympics going on in Paris, and we'll have a jumbotron, some athlete meet and greets, uh, food, basketball tournaments, the whole nine. It's a free event for the public. We're super, super excited about it. And then things are still going strong. Beginning of August, we have the Cycle to the Summit race where people will bike up to the top of Pikes Peak. I don't know how they do it, but it is an incredible feat. And then that next weekend, again, it is a biennial event, so we didn't see it last year. We're excited to have it come back, is the Pikes Peak Regional Air Show. You might have heard the U.S. Navy Blue Angels will be in town headlining that event. Uh, Again, they've never performed in Colorado Springs before, so we couldn't be more excited to host them. And then we'll be rounding out the year with our Colorado Springs Sports Hall of Fame. And last year, we inducted Apollo Ono. So really excited to see who gets nominated and picked for this year. So mm. packed 2024 for sports court. <laughs> We're definitely <laughs> impressed with uh, the pace at which you're keeping up uh, all these events and definitely uh, yeah. something for everyone. I mean, it's a grab Absolutely. bag of different things uh, that might uh, tug at everyone's uh, interest in different ways. And, and Doug, I, it really goes to show you Olympic City USA is just continuing to put out the hits, huh? Well, you're right. And Shannon, I may have missed it, but Lauren, if she touched on it, I missed it. June 23rd is the Pikes Peak Hill Climb. 
And you know, of course, that, of yes. course, is a is a, a staple for K, to be heard on KRDO, and and it's just another example of why we are the, such a special destination. But you are right. Uh, as Olympic City USA, getting ready to celebrate the Paris Games this summer is, is a big, big deal for us. And that's Saturday, July 27th. I hope everybody will bring the family down for the Summerfest uh, at the Olympic uh, and Paralympic Museum. Uh, there's going to be activities for all kinds of ages uh, throughout the Olympic and Paralympic Games. And, and you know, July 27th is when the, the Olympics start. And then uh, August 28th is the date that the Paralympic Games begin. So, you know, visitors can go through the training center. They can go through the museum. And where else can you do that but uh, right here in Olympic City, USA? That's that's so true. That's so true. And, you know, Doug, it, it's interesting that you mentioned the hill climb. Of course, we're so proud to be the broadcast radio uh, partner of the uh, Pikes Peak International Hill Climb. But you, uh, we often hear from people who are maybe unfamiliar with our area. It, because they'll say, well, 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 how come I can't watch this on TV? And sometimes they have put it on TV in, in various ways. But what people don't understand <laughs> is that uh, broadcasting from a track that essentially is a mountain at such elevation, you go in and out of being able to uh, have that, uh, I don't know what it would be, the electronic control of the cameras yeah, the people, yeah. as they're flying overhead. And it's it 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 may not be impossible, but it's such a challenge to put that on TV. So the best way to experience it is right here on KRDO News Radio. Listening that that is exactly right. Or you can you can join us on the mountain and pick your spot. You know to, to sure. try and and, uh, and watch the race begin. And I do know remember some years past where things have been streamed uh, with with drones that have you know been effective right. for the most part yeah giving that you're, view you're right it's a it's a challenge in, yeah. in every sense of the word and that's what the drivers will tell you to start with right 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 because they are having to compensate for that change in elevation for the uh thin air for all of those things it's really exciting of course but let's uh circle back to the broadmoor winter polo classic because i do want our listeners to get all that information that we shared earlier in this show lauren why don't you run it down for us once again so that people get inspired to maybe take part in this fun fun activity Yes, of course. So again, it's going to be coming up here quick next week, Saturday, February 24th at the Norris Penrose Event Center will be our second annual Broadmoor Winter Polo Classic. Tickets start at $35 and there's different packages available. We're going to have vendors, Distillery 291, some Girl Scout cookies. Uh, so definitely head to the website. You can look up the player bios. There's event merch to purchase. And again, look at those tickets. And that is winterpoloclassic.org. Yeah, I, I love it. I think this is going to be so much fun. And as you said, the first year was quite popular, more than a thousand people who were taking part as spectators. So uh, let's hope this year is as successful, if not more successful. So to our guest, Lauren DeMarco, uh, who is the marketing coordinator for the Colorado Springs Sports Corps, and Doug Price, President and CEO of Visit Colorado Springs. I'd like to thank you both for joining me here, here on The Extra.
Thank yes, you, Shannon. Thank you for having us, Shannon. And to our listeners, thank you for joining in this conversation. We'll be sure to put this on our podcast page. If you'd like to listen again, just go to krdo.com slash radio and look for the podcast page. Tom Martino is up after the top of the hour. I'm your host, Shannon Bernias. Have a great day.